And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, hello and welcome to the Weighing In Podcast. We got a ton to talk about because we had fights from Paris. We got other things to talk about, like my man, Josh the Punk Thompson, and his new offspring, the Pork, <laughs> Josh the Pork Thompson. What's up, baby? How you doing? Oh, John was having fun with me on the internet this whole weekend. No. Okay, hold on. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of people said, oh, man, I can't believe you dissed your, oh. your partner. I go, I didn't diss my partner. You guys don't get mm. it. That pig, Josh, we call him Josh, Mr. Joshua. And then I said, well, it's Josh the Pork Thompson, yes. right? And so that pig is brought to the farm and all he'll do, he's never going to be eaten. He's never going to, all he's going to do is be a sexy beast. He's going to sleep, eat crap and on all the female pigs. So he is the stud of the farm for the pigs. Oh man. So he's just got to grow into it. That's all. (laughs) But that's an honor, man. I'm talking about what a sexy beast you are. I am a sexy beast. We all know this. See, there you go, yeah, man. We, we're going to have to have MCW do us a thing where it says, where we enter the show, Josh the, the pork. pork Thompson. So you're never, you're never going to eat him? No. No? Never. No. Not even when he gets really old and you're like, okay, look, it's kind of. Oh, God, no, because it's, it's bad. Well, mm. male pigs, when you allow, because about at his age right here, mm is you, you've taken and you've gelded him, you've taken his nuts off, and that way, because the meat doesn't get screwed up because the, the testosterone that runs through their system, it, it makes the meat not real good. So once you decide, oh, no, no, he's living his full life. He's, he's going to live his best life, baby. Got it. He, he's going to have his harem, and all he's going to do is decide when and where he's going to decide, eh, it's time. Got it. Huh. I mean, he Pretty is much. a sexy son of a bitch. And I saw the dad. The dad's like, what, a thousand pounds? Yeah. Jeez. Dude. Yeah. Dave, you, that's Frank the Tank. You have a he picture of the monster. dad. Can you pull it? It's on John's. Yeah, Instagram. I can yeah, find it. Yeah. He is yeah. the the guy that owns it is laying, laying next to him. I mean, he looks like a yeah. child. He's every, he's every bit as big as me. Yeah. He looks like a yeah. child, though, compared to that pig. Yeah, he does. Look at that thing. Dude. And that, and, and, and trust me, I think Frank's actually gotten bigger than that now. He's just, he is a monster and he just does but he's you know it's funny because people will sit there that's a boar and you're gonna have people tell you man you know you got to be careful with boars nick there that 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 thousand pound boar is like a puppy dog oh, yeah. he'll tell him sit the pig sits lay down the pig lays down he does everything that's right? awesome yeah. well they think nick's an he awesome knows where dude. the food comes from comes from that guy yes, he does yeah. <laughs> Oh, you that's got, what it's all about. Got to keep up that lavish body that pig has. So he's like, "Hey, buddy, that's I got to be nice to you. You're man, the one that feeds grooming me. that hair, man." Jeez. <laughs> eh, uh, so, so the pig's name is uh, Mr. Joshua. Mr. Joshua. Love it. Josh the Josh pork, the pork comes. I love it. I love it. I feel so honored. I feel like I'm there at the at the that's right, at the farm all the time. I made him a little just, little just little water hole right a bunch there, of pigs. Man. Oh man! But it, he's just rumming around in the. Uh, Rummaging around in the water there. Did you just dig a hole with your backhoe or something and then just pour water in it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I knew you didn't, I knew you didn't use a shovel. You don't you don't like manual. Hell no. You don't like manual labor. You don't like manual labor. All right. Here, I'll give you I'll give you a little story. Our neighbors 
on the backside of my farm. I have a, a one acre parcel that runs to an, the, the backside of my farm, mm-hmm. runs to the back, the street that's like, if I went to drive it, it would be like three miles away, mm-hmm. right? Because I got to go out and around the highway and then back to it. And they're really nice people. And they they call them. Unfortunately, their their old dog died. They had a big old uh, boxer mix and he died. And, he, and the guy says, they said, hey, do you have anything that can dig a big hole? And I says, yeah. You know, so I come there with an excavator, right? Because they want it deep. Because around here, you get a lot of, you know, wild animals and coyotes and mm-hmm. things that they'll dig things up, right? So I go there and I dig a five-foot hole, you know, and the, you, you know, when you dig a five-foot hole, that's a lot of dirt. Yeah. Right? And it's sitting there in a mound next to the hole, right? And, you know, they're, they're going to wait for their kids to come back because they're going to do this little thing with the kids and stuff. And so I said, and I had to put, you know, the excavator. I had to get a trailer, put the excavator up on the trailer, drive the thing, you know, get the excavator off. It's not like it's, oh, it's simple. So then it's like, hey, that's a lot of dirt for you to, to move back with a shovel. Mm-hmm. I go, you're gonna figure out that after you after you're you're shoveling for about thirty minutes, you're gonna go. This pile hasn't gotten any smaller. Mm-hmm. I go, just just give me a call and I'll bring another thing over. So, put the skid steer up on the trailer, bring the skid steer up to put it down. But sure makes a difference, dude. It's a whole lot better than putting a shovel in your hands. When I was a kid, my grandparents here in San or not here in San Jose, but in San Jose, they used to have in their backyard was like a lot of trees. They had um avocado trees pomegranate trees cactuses you know oranges all this other stuff so every year my grandfather used to make us dig a huge hole in the back in the far far back and with all the stuff that fell we'd gather it all up and he'd put it all in there and mulch it all up and then he'd use it as soil later on compost yeah but we would we'd have to dig the hole deep enough to fit all that shit (sighs) it was first we had to shovel it all into a wheelbarrow put it into the hole and then we'd sit in there with shovels and chop it all up and chop it all up. And then he'd throw some dirt over the top and chop it up more. And then we use that as he would use it as compost, whatever it was throughout the, yep. throughout the year or throughout the couple of weeks he would do it. Yeah. That's how you do a it. A lot of work, man. Slave labor. That's why I don't do any hard labor anymore. <laughs> Slave labor. Well, I worked in the fields when I was a kid and I was picking apricots, prunes, climbing trees, snakes everywhere, rattlesnakes. We're up in the mountains and it's like sit there forever just cutting apricots picking apricots pitting them dry them all the shit and then get to the point where you hate apricots yeah you know yeah i didn't want to eat them for a long time <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but uh it was good times man it was like me and my cousins we'd all be out there every year for about three weeks you know either picking prunes or apricots or or something man we did, yeah. we did blackberries one year like anyways all right, well, hey. Blackberries hurt. There's a lot of thorns. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of snakes around that area, too. <laughs> so you'd be sitting there on a, on a bench, you know, just pulling from the tree or from the bushes and or from the trees, and then all of a sudden a snake would come, rattlesnake come rolling through. Like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, hey, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get jumped on this and see what's the, what you want to talk about. On to Paris. On to Paris. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cyril Gaon taking on Sergei Spivak. We, you know, we actually, you know, talked about it. We thought Spivak actually had, a, you know, a good chance. This was not like a walkthrough for Cyril Gaon. It was a walkthrough for Cyril. Mm-hmm. And Josh, it was all about one thing: Cyril Gaon attacking the body. All the body shots, no matter what. You take a look. There was a point. I want to say it was somewhere around the three three thirty mark, three thirty five. So. Mm-hmm. 
and that's the point where you'll see he, Cyril Gunn throws a knee, and this is after the first round where he ate the body up. He throws a knee that hits the body, then he throws a right hand to the body, and then a hook to the left side of Spivak. Doesn't look like anything, but you'll see as Spivak turns, he, all of a sudden he's got this knot, and it's a swelling on his rib cage, and you can see it, and it just keeps on growing, and you're going, oh, he's done. Because you start to get that type of trauma to your body. It just takes everything out of you. You got no gas. You can't extend. Everything is just not working. And shortly thereafter, the fight was over. And it wasn't because Spivak wasn't tough. He was tough as hell. He took some big-time shots. He took a lot of abuse. He could not stop the body attack. And that is what destroyed him in the end. Yeah, you said that Spivak last on the on the build-up last week, you said he's like a big walrus. And that's kind of what he... That's kind of what he was. He just didn't have the speed. Yeah. He was just sitting yep. there, and he couldn't command respect because he couldn't get in fast enough. He couldn't get in on the takedowns. He couldn't get in. He couldn't throw his jab and his combina combinations fast enough to land. You know, everything that Gon did was he was in. He was out. He had. It seemed like he, was he athletic. Had, yeah, he seemed like he had more power. He was at, more accurate with his shots. Um, everything he did, he was just a a better better athlete that night. He did everything better. The jab was on point, the kicks and the mixing it up, you know, from the thigh kick to the body shots to, you know, throwing the combinations with the hands. Did a great job. Stayed on his bike, circled, stayed out of the way of, of the big shots from Spivak. It just, I thought it was, I thought it was a masterful performance, but the, I, I'm going to keep going to with, with gone. As long as John Jones is there, I don't, I don't see it really any of these guys beating him, his ability. I mean, John's, a fight IQ and his talent, everything that he brings to the table. I just don't see anyone beating him. Yeah. You know, uh, like I said, we got into the, who is it? I mean, like it would be maybe like a Tom Aspinall, maybe the young kid Almeida. I don't know if he's, what is he like? He's still 30. I think is how old he is, but you know, these guys, these guys young and up and coming, they've got to have more of a body and a, an athleticism that gone has, but gone doesn't have the wrestling to stop it. And we saw that already. But uh, outside of Aspinall and Almeida, there was one other person in the heavyweight division that I was thinking of um, that I think would probably give him a, a good go. Who was it? Oh, up there, uh, Pavlovich, you know. But we'll see. A lot of these guys. Pavlovich hits hard. Yeah, he hits hard. You know, he's got decent wrestling. Decent, like, he's got decent sambo. It's not, it's not bad. Um <clears throat> But I just think like he wasn't he wasn't able and this was back in the day he wasn't able to stop Kane's takedowns or DC's, and so I'm thinking John Jones has got he's got wrestling man, he's got oh, yeah. the ability to snatch the leg and he's got the ability to lift and you know and dump so I don't know he's he's uh he's he's gonna be tough for a lot of these guys to to fight, so outside of I just don't know what Gama does as long as John Jones is around because he I don't think he has the ability to, to stop those takedowns. Well, he proved it in the first time, yeah. the first match he wasn't able to. And it's going to take, no matter what, it's going to take time for him to be able to get a shot back at that, you know, fight the rematch with John. It's going to take at least another couple of fights for him to get to that point. So that's a year, year and a half down the road. Uh, you look and you go, Cyril Gaon is, he, he's trouble for a ton of people. But Aspinall called him out. You know, if you recall... When Aspinall won his fight, he says, I want the winner mm -hmm. of Gon Spivak, and then I want John Jones. So, mm -hmm. basically, the work's been done for the matchmakers as far as 
Gon did his job. Mm-hmm. He looked great. Asperol did his job. He looked great. He's already called out Gon. And it's a, it's an actual right fight. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at, you know, the whole thing, Asperol sitting there, you know, just a couple below Gon, you, it's the right one to match up. I mean, the, the guy who's sitting there in, in nowhere land right now is Pavlovich. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have an opponent. And, you know, in November, you got Stipe versus John, you know, that's going to take, you know, time afterwards for Pavlovich to get his shot. So he's just kind of sitting there in no, nowhere land. Mm-hmm. The question is, what do you do with him? You let him sit unless he wants to fight, you know, someone like Gon or Aspinall. That's what you do. You let him sit. You wait for your title shot. I think he probably prefers that. It's just sitting around waiting for his title shot, trying to get better. I feel like the heavyweight division is where boxing heavyweight divisions was when it was uh, the Klitschko brothers. It just is It's going to be stale right now. You have the guy at the top where he's the most athletic. He's probably the best fighter. And then those that when Klitschko when Klitschko was the champ, they just didn't they didn't fight very often. And John doesn't need to fight very often because he makes so much money. You know what I mean? So it's like he can pick and choose when he wants to fight. Like there's nothing really on the horizon right now for the heavyweights. When is when is their fight supposed to happen? November. November. November 11th. Yeah. So I look, I'm like, you know, that's going to take, you know, you have what, two more months till then. And then you have, yep. then after that fight, he's going to take some time off. They're going to get the next thing going. And then he was talking about that. He may even retire after he beats Stipe. I, yeah, I can't imagine. That. I can't imagine him retiring. I'm like, you go to the heavyweight I division can't. because it can prolong your career. Cause you're better than all of them. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. You don't have to worry about them being faster than you or more athletic than you. Cause you're, you're faster and more athletic and you're the same size of, as all of them. Like, you know, I don't know. I look at it. He could be there for a while into his forties. He could into his forties. We'll see. But, it, but again, you, it, there's a balance because there's got to be that fire, you know, and you've got to have that motivation. And, and there was no doubt when John was looking to be a heavyweight, there was motivation because I want to prove that I can be the heavyweight champion. That's motivation. That's mm-hmm. great. <clears throat> now he's got motive. He actually has motivation because he looks at Stipe as, all right, here's a guy who held the belt longer than anyone, defended it longer than anyone. He's one of the OGs, you know, that I have a chance to, you know, go against. I want Stipe. Okay. I understand it. Once Stipe's, you know, and uh, let's be honest, Stipe's the underdog in the fight. Mm-hmm. If he gets past Stipe, where's your motivation? Because yeah. now you're sitting exactly where you were at when you were at the light heavyweights. Is you're the target. You have everyone wanting to shoot at you. And how much motivation do you have to get ready for that? I don't think he's exactly where he was at the 205s. Because at 205s, he had went through the whole crew. And there was like a whole other batch that came along. It's hard to stay motivated after you've beaten all the legends. You know? And it's like... And I get Stipe is a legend in this sport in the heavyweight division, but he still has plenty of guys that should be able to get him motivated that are new blood. In the light heavyweight division, he was having to go back through, go back through and fight the same guys. I mean, he fought DC three times, correct? I mean, that's a- yeah, but D- see, but DC's of that ilk that you look and you go, that'll get you motivated. They had, they had heat. They didn't like each other. You know, there was the fact that DC was, you know, a guy that had won. You know, titles, he was a guy that, you know, had, that's a guy that can motivate you. It's tough when 
You know, you're looking and you go, hey, you know, is Tai Tuivasa a tough fighter? Yeah, he's a tough fighter, mm -hmm. man. That's a tough dude. But other than being a tough dude and a brawler, what does he bring as far as he brings fans as far yeah. as the shoey and stuff? But for you as John Jones, how do you get motivated for that fight? Stop. Well, you're picking somebody that's never going to get up to the, to fight for the title, John. That's, well, and I like Tai Tuivasa. I know he is. I get it. But we're talking about, you know as well as I know, it's going to probably be Almeida. It's going to probably be Curtis Blades may make it back up there. It's going to be Tom Aspinall and Cyril Gaon and Pavlovich. Those will be the four that I see him getting motivated for. I don't think anybody, I think those guys will wipe out the division. And then that's it. That'll be... Their athleticism, their ability, and I can't—I haven't even seen enough yet of Almeida to say that he's going to be able to get past somebody like a Tom Aspinall or something, or past maybe yep. like someone like a Curtis Blades. I mean, we haven't seen enough of him yet, but he's talented. He's good. He's—he, you know, he's—he's yeah. he's built like he should be able to handle all this stuff. He's great jujitsu. He's got—he's got—he's getting better on the feet. He's got to get better on the feet if he's going to fight someone yep. like John Jones or Tom Aspinall or Pavlovich. He's going to have to get past. He's going to have to get better all the way around. But um, he's still young, and he's ranked number nine. I look at those guys. Those are the ones that I could see John Jones having to fight, and those are the ones that I see him getting motivated for. But once you get past that, I agree with you. I look at guys like Ty Tuivasa, and I love Ty Tuivasa. I love him. He's awesome. I look at he's guys fun, like Derek. Fun to watch. I look at guys like Derek Lewis. You got to respect him because he can knock you out in any moment. But athleticism-wise, I mean, he's sure he's athletic for, for a big monster of a man, but John Jones is just he's just a better fighter. Just a just a level of those are the guys that he I think that John Jones would have a hard time getting motivated for like a Volkov he'd have a hard time getting motivated for that Spivak from what I saw last night he'd have a hard time getting motivated for that you know but the guys like an Aspinall who were already chirping they were already had a little bit of back and forth on Twitter I think it was and uh, it's perfect I think it sets it all up I mean those are I think the way to get John Jones motivated is to do this little bit in the mic. Is you know if you want you want bring, to fight the best John just bring, Jones, bring up his name and say you can beat him. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't like that. Overall, though, I I wasn't I wasn't with the fight itself. It just wasn't. He, he never Spivak never got going, and when you never couldn't. got he never, he showed him too much well, he respect. Couldn't. He could he just couldn't get in there, and it was all of a sudden now he was on his back foot. God, but see, I, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. Gone created all of that. Yeah, he had. Good, good movement. His footwork was clean. He bladed his body well, and he was smart with his. I would, you know, I don't know what the punch stats were, but combined as far as kicking and punching, I would say it was fifty percent to the body, fifty percent to the head. He went to the body at an incredible rate, and it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It made Spivak become just. Oh, there you go. Look at that. Look at look at podcasting. It's got zeros. zeros. <laughs> <laughs> they keep it all updated. It's funny. I love it. Hmm. It's not your fault that it has zeros, Dave. <laughs> I can't believe it. That's awesome. Well, it's 110 strikes, 70 percent. Hmm. He he landed at 70 percent. Josh, come on. Well, like you said, he Spivak was like a big walrus that just yeah. sat there and just got hit. Yep. Uh, he had, well, he, he couldn't figure it out. He could, you know, and he, he was, it was damaging him enough that he didn't want to come into it. Every time he did come into him, he took a shot and was unsuccessful in getting to where he wanted. So it was like, uh, 
and that just you know it starts to snowball on you yeah. and then you don't want to come in and, and and you saw that as the fight went on because you know Cyril Gon was he was moving he was lateral movement circling he would go back Spivak was kind of chasing him a little bit and you saw how it turned and then all of a sudden Spivak's back was on the cage and why was Spivak's back on the cage because he had no answers mm -hmm. he was getting hurt so but uh-huh go up with that real quick hold on let's see I saw landed by target target go down. go down there you go look at that oh to the head 35 percent yeah 44 percent head 35 percent to the body very close yeah mm -hmm. yeah he's good with a little thigh kick and what i like is he uses yep. his foot inside out too so he'll kick to the outside but then he'll just stay in that bladed stance and just kick to the body like a little almost like a little snap kick to the body which is pretty well slick. and if you look if you look at this and when it says landed by target you combine the body and leg that's now at 55 percent so more to the body and leg than he did to the head that's what i was talking about he was fantastic at going downstairs to the body to the legs and just eating him up sure. and it was a great great performance by god I, you cannot in any way take anything away because we we know Spivak's a good fighter. He's a tough dude, and he does have a certain skill set that man he can be very successful. Gone took that all yeah. away. Hmm. All right, next fight. Ah, we had Manuel Ferro against Rose Namajunas. What did you think of this fight? I'm going to let you go first. Go ahead. I thought Faro was just the bigger fighter and all of her shots had a lot more impact on Rose. And I think Too strong. somebody this, I don't know if it's just me. Maybe it's not. Maybe somebody on the outside thinks this as well. I feel like Rose Namajunas is like sabotaging her career. Like, what are you doing? Like she is so talented and you are considered to be one of the best in the 115 pound division. Why are you going up? Maybe okay, you want for one, for one fight. I hope you go back down because you could be the champ again. I mean, if you want to, if you want to get motivated, you want to stay motivated, whatever it is. I just feel like she's she's sabotaging herself. Like she doesn't know, she doesn't know how to handle the success, or she just doesn't want to have the success around her. I don't know. That's I, yeah. What you just said right there. I'm not too sure. And look, there's there are people out there like this, and there's nothing wrong. I'm not going to say there's something wrong with it success to them is more of a, a hindrance it becomes a problem it's they don't like everything that comes with it so because it just overloads who they are and it may be that you know she's just not comfortable with that she let you know i don't i look at look at she fought her ass off i give her credit because she was tough in some areas where you, i saw her get hurt mm -hmm. i saw that you know some of what Thoreau had hit her with, it hurt her, but she kept marching forward. She had the broken finger in the beginning. You could see, you know, her finger sticking out, and she wasn't using the hand. And then she started using it. It's like, you know, I was. It was. It was kind of funny. The Pat Berry is, you know, yes, you know, she comes and she says, you know, I broke, I broke my finger, and he, and he goes, you don't need your finger to fight. <laughs> okay, <Yes>. no, <clears throat> he's right, but you got to take a look at it because maybe it's just sitting and displaced as far as the mm -hmm. dislocation you can put that back pretty easy and make it to where you know mm -hmm. the hand is much more usable than when it's sticking in an odd position 
but he he really didn't even look at it. I was kind of surprised yeah. by that during the break and stuff. But I don't. I, I agree with you. There's something there. First off, Rose is just a phenomenal fighter, and she's got a phenomenal skill set. She's quick. She's got beautiful footwork. Mm. The way she moves laterally, the way she comes into her opponent, it's there. I don't know mentally if she wants to be. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at too with her. I think a lot of is, I don't know, maybe maybe going up was a challenge, but I think when she got in there, she realized maybe. it was a mistake. Just I saw the two of them at the weigh-ins, and I'm like, man, Rose, you're, Looks you're you look tiny. You look tiny, yeah. and then when I saw him in the cage, I'm like, I okay. I thought maybe you would, maybe she just sucked down a little bit, or maybe she let herself get a lot of shape. No, physically, she's just a smaller person. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do about that. And then the shots that she took, she took some big shots. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Oh. Excuse me. Oh. Yeah, and she took some big shots, and it was um, and you could see the look on her face was a little bit of that concern, like shit, what I get myself into, and. The, the broken finger or dislocated finger, I can relate, man. The Benson fight happened in the first round. It's like you're just thinking, shit, really? This is yeah. happening to me right now? Come on. You know, and um, it sucks. And I, I know she was thinking to herself, man, I don't want to throw it. It hurts. I get, it. I understand that feeling. It does. But she she's talented. Her footwork, the way she makes up her combination, you could tell she has some power because Fro had to respect her a little bit in some of those exchanges. So she, oh, she Fro took some steps back yeah. at times going like, damn. You know, and with Rose, at 115, I could see her being the champ. She's beaten the champ already twice. Twice. So well, I don't understand. I don't get it. I, do they just not, I don't know. I'm wondering if there was some sort of fallout with the UFC after the, the Carla Esparza fight. Because Dana came out bit. publicly after that fight and said that was fucking trash. Like it was Gar. He called both of them out. You know, but. Well, if you recall. You know, her corner came to her defense and saying, you know, look, we, you know, that she fought the exact fight that we planned out. And it was like, okay, then on you, you got to figure out that wasn't a great plan. Mm -hmm. You can't have a fighter just be defensive. You can't have a fighter just dodging a certain area of the fight, especially when she's got talent there, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So it could be that she, you know, she had, you know, I don't know, but mentally, and Rose has always looked in that way. Yeah, at times, it's like she doesn't seem super confident because you know she doesn't do any of the braggadocious stuff. She doesn't, you know, she stands there for a face off, doesn't say a word, you know, shakes her, her opponent's hand, walks off. But this time, especially, she just looked like she didn't want to be there. No, and I agree. I could be wrong in reading it too, though. She, I was thinking the same thing, happy. John. I was thinking the same thing. Felt like she just just didn't seem like she was. I felt like it was a sabotage for herself in her career. Just like, yeah, let me just go up. I'll see what happens, and like almost like no interest. I don't know. Yeah. Next fight. Oh, we had Benoit and Denise against Tiago Moises. This was a great fight. I tell you what. Again, you know, I I had someone say you didn't give Saint Denise enough credit. It's like the hell are you give him credit? I said it's tough because I thought Moises probably was the, the more skilled fighter, and I did. You know, overall, I know I knew how tough St. Denise was. I didn't think he would be able to just walk through a lot mm. of what was happening. But he took, you know, and look at it. Let's be honest. He took some chances there. Oh, yeah. He was open, and he got hit. And 
you need to close that up a little bit. I love the output. I love, you know, the, the ability to say, you know, I'm just going to bite down and go after it, but you, it only takes one and you got to be careful with it. But yeah. St. Denise is proving, and I thought they said it right. Look, he's the real deal. He had the one fight in Abu Dhabi. You know, he, he got beat. But other than that, man, he has been on fire. And he looks good. His stand-up looked, looked good. A little bit mm -hmm. too much brawling. Too much brawler-esque, you know, as far as just opening up. But I was impressed that he had the confidence to take Moises down. You know, he was not worried about the jiu-jitsu. And when, when he opened up, man, and he went after him, look, he was putting shots. And I'll give Tiago Moises a lot of credit, man. He took some big shots and he kept fighting back. But the pressure of St. Denise and the way that he went about that fight, you know, how many more you're going to see? If he, he gets a couple more big wins there, he will be in that title contention. And he's talking about getting the belt, and we'll see. But he's he, mentally, that dude is strong. Yeah, St. Denise, man, I owe you an apology. Last week, last week I was talking about how Moises was the better fighter. He was had more experience against top level competition. Yeah. He's got the wrestling same to take you down, and control you from the top. And I thought, you know, on the feet, I thought St. Denise had the advantage, but I also thought that Moises was good enough on the feet to to get him into the takedown positions, get to the top. He just didn't fight smart. And I'm not taking anything away from St. Denise, but he just dominated from beginning to end. He came out, imposed his will right off the bat. He didn't take step backwards. He didn't take nope. any steps back. He pushed and made Moises fight off your back foot. That fight right there let me know that no matter how good Tiago is, he's good when he's the hammer. He's not good when he's the nail. You know, there was that. And then on top of it, he's not good. He can't fight backing up. He can't go back. He doesn't know how to fight thing. going back in. And he doesn't but, know how you to know, fight backing that, up. That might have been St. Denis, you know, camp. They looked and said, hey, this guy does not do well when he's taking steps backwards. Mm. I want you to put pressure on him and make him move back. Great game plan if that's what it was because he, look, he dominated the fight. He looked great and he performed beautifully. And he's got a gas tank. The guy does it. A lot of output. Mm -hmm. Wasn't tired. Yeah. You know, so. No, he. Uh, I thought it was a great fight. Thought a great performance by Saint Denis. I thought Moises just showed a lot of a lot of holes in his games that I didn't really, I wasn't aware of. Um, I didn't, I didn't realize that he didn't know how to fight backwards. He didn't fight. He didn't know how to fight going backwards. And when he did his, his back hit the fence, he didn't know how to get out of there. He no, he didn't know how to change. He it squared up. up with his back against the fence and tried to throw shots from there. I'm like that's not what you're supposed to do. Like. No. You want to stay bladed a little bit more. You want Blade, to circle, turn, get off of that, step off yeah. line, and tuck behind, push the elbow by, whatever it is. Uh, he just wasn't. Ha he just he got lost when when it was there. I think he thought he was going to come out and dominate the positions in, in terms of the wrestling. I think it also threw him off when he got taken down. He's like, wait, what the hell? I'm the one oh, yeah. getting taken down. This is what the hell. So, but I thought it was a great performance by Saint Denise. Great job. Yep. Volkan Ozdemir took on Bogdan Guskov. Look, Ozdemir, man, you know, he's he's the mystery guy. You just never know which guy's going to show up and how he's going to fight. And we knew that Guskov has power. He can he can swat. Uh, he's got a lot of knockouts, too. But it says submission rear naked choke, and it was. He got the, he got the back, took the, the choke, but it was the hands that set everything up. He was hurting Bogdan with his power. Put him down. Hurt him on the ground, then got the back. But 
you know, it was really nice to see that Ozdemir went for a takedown, man. You see his yeah. takedown? Josh, he got a takedown. Hey. That was great. I mean, he's getting better. He's 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 getting himself he's making himself more well rounded. You know, yes. all the guys that he's fought before, the guys they were able to beat him were the ones that were able to put get him, him down. Yeah, put him on his back. And so yeah. there's something there. You know, I, he looks like he's got heavy hips. Like so the thick thighs, the the, Dude, the trunk legs, thighs. you know. He just he looks thick yeah. everywhere. Yep. He's a big dude. I bet that when like he's on when he has that top position for ground and pound, I bet you he's he's not easy to sweep or easy to get off of you because he just got a thick trunk, man. His his thighs yep. and his ass and his he's got kind of like a thicker waistline. I think he, I feel like he's just somebody that when he's on top, it's going to be hard to to get underneath him and sweep or you know or elevate to get him up off you. So good on him to try to elevate his game, but uh, Bogdan just had just too much pressure. The shots were landing clean. Yeah. I I don't want to say he had a couple. He landed a couple, but just not enough to yeah. stop what Ozdemir was doing. And then ozmer has got power. Yeah. Everyone's not, if there's one thing we all know and we've seen in the past. Look, if he puts a good shot on you, you know, he's got power. He can hurt you. Mm. And he showed it in that fight. Next fight. All right. We had William Gomez against Giannis Gamori. I got a bug. Oh, yuck. <laughs> a little extra protein. It wasn't a bug, but um, yeah, this was, this one ended in a weird way. I know a lot of people were upset. Yeah, they're so stupid. Okay, so what was your opinion of it? Obviously, look, look, for two rounds, let's be honest, I'll give Giannis credit, and I told you, I've seen him fight. He's tough. He doesn't stop. He keeps on coming forward. He keeps on, you know, looking for ways to get, you know, past whatever's occurring, and I've seen him do it. But Gomez, we thought, was the better athlete, cleaner striking, going to be tough for him to get to. Longer, for two longer rounds, reach. Go, for two rounds, Gomez... You know he yeah. he won he won the two rounds easy, goes into the third round, and then we had the kick. I ah, uh, this is why. Ah. Yeah, well, I, mean, I put a tweet out. I'm like, this is why promotions bring some of the top level referees because yeah. in these local areas or it, in different you know wherever your countries, yeah, countries yeah. they just haven't had enough experience, especially in France where the sports just become legal, and it's there's. People have no concept of the pressure. Hmm. You know, look, there's pressure to go in there and fight, but you're responsible for you. Hmm. When the the pressure that's on that referee, people, you know, it's, there's no ability for you to to put someone in that place and make them understand. But I used to tell athletic commissions all the time, you know, and stuff. It was, look, I'm not telling you not to use that person based upon, you know, whatever he's done for you in the past. All I'm telling you is you put him in that fight right there that you want him to be in. When he steps into that cage and is just standing there waiting for the fight to start, his heart rate's going to be at about 145 to 150 beats per minute. I go, that means that he's not, not able to make good decisions, especially right there at the start. Now, he may settle down. But at the beginning of that fight, his heart rate's going to be super high because everything is about don't screw this up. Oh my God, everyone's seeing. I'm the, I'm here. I'm in charge. I go. He's overwhelmed, and it's all self-induced. Every bit of it, all self-induced. But it definitely has an effect on their ability to make quality decisions. 
and you see guys screw up all the time because of it. But I'm not saying that's what happened with this. That guy was so far in the fight, he should have been just fine. But the the question was, did the kid, and I'm so tired. Josh, what's the rule for, is it a low blow? Yeah. No, it's not. For what? There is no fucking foul in MMA for a low blow. Why are you cursing at me? I'm not, I'm not cursing at you. Um, what do you mean? Just, what do you mean? There's no I, I li- foul I listen, for. I, li- I listen to damn, you know, the commentators, and it's like, you know, if you guys would do me a favor and just please learn the damn rules. Well, okay, no, no, no explain you it know, to me. Is, what do you mean? There's no foul for a low blow. Is there's no foul in MMA for a low blow? When you say, "Oh, that's below the belt," that's another comment they make. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I hit you below the belt? Not in that, yeah, in MMA, yeah. Yes. Yeah. All over the yeah, place. The legs. What yeah. I can't hit is the groin. It mm-hmm. says no groin strikes, no groin attacks. Okay. Okay. Because the groin itself is the target that we say you can't touch. But everything around it, in the hip area, below the belt line, all that stuff, it's all good. All of that is good. Is Does the weapon hit the groin? Now that you can hit the groin off of a straight shot, we see it all the time, or we hit it off of, I hit a legal area and the foot sweeps into the groin. Again, it's a groin strike. It's a groin. You can't hit it. This in this instance right here, was the first part of the kick legal? Yes. It did hit towards the hip, but what, what happened with the foot? What did it drag into? You can see it. It moves the cup. What hits the guy's nuts? The cup. You know, I'm not saying, and, and, you know, this is where fighters need to be smart because you can take a look. He, he does the whole, oh, and, and everyone's going to get a reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, how ready are you to fight? 10 seconds. 10 seconds from the moment he was hit until the moment he's acting like, I'm, you know, he's fine, but. Man, you you got to be and don't try to get something that you you sit there and play the game or anything like that. If you're hurt, you're hurt. Take your time. But in this instance, that referee looked and said, "Nope, it was a legal blow." Unfortunately, the referee was not of the ilk to go. He, look, you have a a replay official who's right there. If you're not sure, call timeout. Look, I've been in these situations where I've called things and I, and I knew that the groin wasn't hit but overall i understand why the fighter is feeling the way they're feeling so you gotta look and say you have that replay official go to the replay was did that move the cut did it touch the cup replay official sees that it moves the cup he's gonna say yes okay we've got time five minutes go ahead Mm -hmm. take your time get yourself wrecked let's put them back into the fight i'm not saying that uh Giannis was going to win the fight. I don't think he was, but it shouldn't have stopped the way it stopped. It shouldn't have stopped on a call that the referee made. That's his, it's his, uh, it's within his power. It's his right to make it. But when you have situations in that, he looked and said, you know what? He told him fight. And that was one of the things, you know, Bisping was sitting there saying, you know, oh, you know, just tell him to fight. He did. He did. He was telling him, hey, fight. And Gomez is kind of walking off. 
And Giannis is kind of walking off in a different direction. And that's when he decided to, to make the call on that. All he should have done is gone to time replay official. Tell me, did that touch the cup? That would have put him in a better position to know exactly. Did it, did he have the right call? I'm going to end this fight or does he have the wrong call? And he needs to give the guy time. Makes sense. No, it does. It does make sense. But I mean, when people get kneed in the head, when people get kicked in the groin, I want to point out like you did was it was within seconds. He felt a lot better. Yeah. You know? And so a lot of fighters have this tendency to milk a situation so much and sometimes win championships that way. Um, but it just, it ends up being, and it just, it lets you know that like fighters, we almost all of us wear steel cups. You're not feeling shit through that. Sometimes there's a little pinch on the edge. You know, yeah. but you're not. Or it can it can move up. <laughs> yeah. If it's a tie cup, it shouldn't move that. Yeah, much. Right. it's it's pulled between your ass cheeks, oh, and yeah, tied it's... tied nice and tight. Which is which is why a lot of guys don't like to wear yeah. it. Let's just be honest. Fuck, oh, I can't imagine my career without one. Jeez. It was something I always looked and said, "Why, when you have the ability to make it to where it can never be an issue for you, do you not make it that way?" I mean, shit. Uh, so, yeah, I, I bought the I bought the extra large one just just so it could hold my package. But Shoney Carter had one hammered out. Do you remember Shoney yeah, Carter? It was huge, dude. Maybe. He had a salad bowl. It was awesome. Maybe <laughs> it was maybe great. he had enough salad to fill it. But hey, maybe he had salad and tomatoes. I don't know, but great. I'll tell you what, he had a big one. That guy's great, man. Um, no, it was awesome. uh, who somebody else that I knew trained with one like that. And every, anytime you got your back, fuck, it hurt. Oh, yeah. And hurt. Oh, yeah. You see guys, that you, Shoney used to use it. He would use it as a damn yeah. weapon because he would put pressure you know, and just ride into it. It's like, oh, that's just, that's not good. That north-south position, just hump the head. Yeah. yeah. Nasty. Yeah, that's funny. Right. All right. Um, any other fights on here you want to talk about? Yeah, I thought Morgan Shari, who looked fantastic against uh, Zetch. Sajini, Morgan Shree, if you if you watched his career, he's just gotten better and better. A lot of his losses were in the beginning. Mm -hmm. He has become into he, he would get taken down and uh, kind of you know stifled in the fights. He is now able to stop the takedowns. His stand up is clean. That was a beautiful. I see. I love body mm -hmm. attacks, and I love when a guy hits the body and then doesn't go right to the head he goes right back to that body because Josh you know and you get hit to the body the last thing the last go ahead and punch me in the head mm. i don't want to get hit to the body again and man he went right back almost to the same spot you look and you go oh dude beautifully yeah. done just a beautiful knockout cuz it's a knockout through body blows unbelievable just as far as the technique that he used how you know, his accuracy. I love that fight. And I love the way that he handled that. Yeah. He, the finishing there, he kicked to the body. And as the guy was getting up, he kicked him again to the body instead of aiming towards the head or doing what you're saying. Like his hand was still on the ground. He kicked him again to the body. And I yeah. was, I was shocked because most fighters won't take that chance of throwing nope. a body kick while the guy's getting up. Because if they turn the wrong way and you kick him in the head, yeah. you're in a lot of trouble. So you can get yourself a loss when you're going to yeah, have a win. Yeah. 
So uh, I, th- I thought it was very well played. He hit him with a nice b- body kick in the beginning, and then he went back to it and kicked over the elbow. Very nicely done. And even those ones still hurt. When your body, when you get kicked to the body or hit to the body, anything that grazes that area again, it hurts. It, it makes it even worse. Just push, pushing your arm yeah. into yep. it. Yeah, and then I thought also Basharat looked good. I thought he looked phenomenal. Um, he did. You know, he, he looked. Really I have high expectations for him. He's uh, he's gonna be good. He's gonna be good. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's gonna wrap up our UFC talk. And John, go ahead and give us this read, buddy. Well, you know, we we'd like to talk about that. We are the first podcast that went with OnlyFans, but OnlyFans is something that we are partnered with in trying to get more people into. Looking at OnlyFans because they're big into combat sports. They're big into boxing, big into MMA. They got a lot of fighters that they support, a lot of fighters that they sponsor. People that you can go online with and you can actually talk to them about techniques. You know, all these little things that you can get a personal one-on-one possibly with that fighter that you appreciate their skill set. We're talking about people like Chris Cyborg, Michael Venom Page. Oh, my God. The mercenary, A.J. McKee, all kinds of phenomenal fighters. Charles Oliveira, they're there for you, and they are available. So a lot of people look at OnlyFans as, oh, that's where, you know, you can look at girls. Yes, you can, (laughs) but there's a lot of other things there, too, and that's what we're here for is to bring other people to OnlyFans to understand that they are one of the leaders when it comes to combat sports. That's where they want to be known for. Yeah, they do a lot of great things for like their OFTV. They'll do features on the on the fighters. Michael Venom Page has one out. Chris Cyborg has one out. I know that they're, they're talking about doing another one on another fighter coming up, which I can't talk about. Um, <clears throat> but it's not just that. They're sponsoring Formula One. They're sponsoring uh, different types of leagues in basketball. They're, do- they're working with all different types of athletes. When they originally had started, they were, they were meant to be almost like a, like a Patreon where somebody had came, come on the platform that had material that they wanted to sell, whether it was techniques in jujitsu, whether it was kickboxing, whether it was showing you how to set up, you know, your, your Formula One car or your NASCAR or whatever it is, you know, working through stuff that people wanted, they wanted to market and sell their, their knowledge. And uh, that's what it was originally going to be. And then COVID hit and what you saw was, a lot of people within the porn industry went there, and they they basically took it over. Uh, to, and they did very COVID. well. But <clears throat> they did very well. But uh, there's, like I said, there's a lot of other athletes on here, and it's a place for for female athletes to go after they're done or uh, fighting or while they're fighting to make extra money. And it's not all smut. Like that's the other thing. It's not all smut. You've got a lot of uh, top level athletes there that uh, that that are whatever just interacting more with their fans on however yeah. however they want and they have the control to interact with them however they want so head over to onlyfans.com slash weighing in onlyfans.com slash weighing in john and i will post randomly on there we're uh we do live chats on there as well so you can check it out uh but it's only available there it's subscription based but we're not we don't charge for our subscription um and just head on over there we want to appreciate we appreciate you guys supporting us head on over there we got extra content on that platform that is not available anywhere else only on OnlyFans.com slash Wayne. And we might even put some pictures of Josh the Pork Thompson. Yes. Sexy on there for you. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, what else you got for us, Dave? Yeah. So I wanted to get uh, your reaction to a couple of things that in this that all encompasses this uh, Jake Paul PFL thing that's going on. And then um, the, the purchase of Bellator supposedly. And then um, a couple of things. So here's. 
here's what I wanted to get your reaction to. So, Sportico puts out uh, an X, I guess you call it now. Shares of WWE <laughs> and UFC parent Endeavor Group fell on Thursday. Heavy volume and apparent reaction to Saudis investing a million, a hundred million into MMA upstart league PFL. Jake Paul responds to that tweet and says, "It's not sustainable to pay fighters less than twenty percent of revenue and fully control their services like they are employees. Fighters are the IP, pay them or free them. They put their lives on the line for you to make money. Oh, and there is a class action lawsuit, big business. So that kind of happens, right? Um, stocks down for Endeavor." Jake Paul responds about uh, fighter pay, uh, and then there's an additional report that PFL is actually looking to buy Bellator for as much as five hundred million. When I think before they were talking about hundred million. So, a couple of things there. Let's get your thoughts on all of it, as you please. Do I go first? Go first. Let me open my big mouth first. All right, for, let's let's go down the list of what Dave brought out here because there's a there's a couple things. First off, um, the whole thing with the shares, you know, uh, dropping for the UFC and WWE and stuff like that. Shares are going to go up and down. Yeah. Okay. Let's. Josh, do you know what the latest uh, value of the UFC was put at? I don't. I thought it was like nine. I thought it was like nine billion. Eight billion? Nine billion for the WWE. Oh, okay. I don't know. And twelve billion oh. for the UFC. No way. Okay. I swear to God. I thought I would have thought that the the, the WWE no. would be worth more. I, I would have thought so too. I'm being honest. I would have thought, but I'm being honest. That's the numbers mm, that I saw. Interesting. Nine point I want to say it was nine point three billion mm. for the WWE and twelve for the UFC. So let's just say the UFC is not uh losing anything right there. When you sit there and you say it's not sustainable for uh, to pay fighters twenty percent, no, Jake, yeah. that's how you stay sustainable yeah. because the less you pay the fighters, the more that goes to the company, and that's how they're making money and they are making money and that's you know their their business model works for a company to be successful. I'm not saying it's the fairest all the time, mm -hmm. but it works for the company to be successful. So. To sit there and say, "Oh, you pay them more, and you know you'll be better off," that doesn't. It's not true. I would like to see them get more. I want to see the fighters get paid more. But what they're doing is, you know, very sustainable. The class action lawsuit that's that is out there. It will be there for a lot for for more years too. So no big deal. When you look at you know, because Saudi money comes into the PFL, does that affect anything with the UFC? No. Oh. Sorry. It doesn't affect them at all. Mm -mm. You know, I, I think it's great that the PFL uh, got an investment through some uh, Saudi investor and stuff like that. Good for them. You know, the whole thing when it comes to the Bellator thing, yes, they're trying to buy Bellator. Are they going to do it? We still don't know. We work for Bellator. We still... What do we know? We don't know. Anything. Well, anyone that tells you. I would you, like to sit there and be able to tell people, but no, I don't know. Yeah, well, anybody that tells you they know, they don't know. That's, <laughs> I've heard, I've heard, we've heard it all. So man. many stories. Yeah, we've heard it oh all. Oh, my God. Um, but I agree with you. The 20%, you're not paying them, you know, the revenue of 20%. That's, that's, how, they, that's how they've been able to stay in business. Yeah. And that's how they're now they're making a profit. Um, th that has nothing to do with <clears throat> how much, and has nothing to do with how much they pay their fighters. 
in terms of them, whether their market share has dropped or not. That has nothing to do with it. Jake's no. just poking the bear. Just putting something yeah, out there. Yeah, just, you know. That's okay. And it's okay. In terms of the Saudi money coming in. <clears throat> Great. I, I think that they are making a push in sports, period. Whether it's golf, which, whether it's NASCAR. Which you whether... have to you have to appreciate not only the Saudi uh, businessmen that are trying to make that push. Mm -hmm. You got. I, I appreciate that the PFL is making moves to, to, to better themselves. Yeah. You got to appreciate a business that's trying to grow and trying to, you know, yeah, they're going, you're going in debt because, you know, in some ways that, that money's got to be paid back yeah. or are you giving a percentage of your company, but you got to appreciate someone that's willing to do those things to grow. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot to, <clears throat> there's a lot to talk about, but the thing is it's not verified by anybody. That's the thing. There's so many things that we've heard from the, the, the Bellator and PFL and the Saudi money coming in. We've heard it all. And <clears throat> until the actual deal is signed, it could fall apart. I'm going to be using an example. There was a, there was an article that I read because uh, BET, there was a company coming in trying to buy BET from Viacom. It was pretty much oh, yeah. supposed to be done. Done deal. Done no, deal. That was a, that was a, what's his name? Um, Tyler uh, Perry. Okay. Well, the deal fell apart. Tyler Perry. Yeah. And they, they, they were, in intense negotiations for a long time. Nothing's done until the until the it's signed on the dotted line. So until then, business as usual. That's the way this works around here. <laughs> All right, next. True. What else you got for us? All right. Well, <clears throat> let's look at some uh, speculative fights here. Uh, nothing is confirmed by any means, but uh, Dosanius is calling for a fight with Dustin Poirier, uh, and I, I would imagine at one seventy, but he doesn't he doesn't mm. clarify. <clears throat> I, if I'm Dustin, I don't think there's any reason for me to fight him. You know, why would I go up to 70 and fight you? <clears throat> I might as well just stay at 55. You're one fight. Dustin's one fight away from a title shot. And he's, I think he's going to kind of always be that way. One fight away for a title shot or in a title shot. If he goes up to 70, I mean, you're, <clears throat> you're number one, number two on the list, you know, at 155. You might as well go up and fight somebody in the one, number one, number two spot there. Can you pull up the rankings for one uh, for one seventy? I don't see. I, I'd like to see. I don't know. Just I don't know, man. I don't know. Like you look at those guys. I don't. I think Bilal would end up mauling him. Just he's physically big and strong. strong. <laughs> physically yeah. big and strong. Gilbert Burns also called mm -hmm. Dustin out, yeah. saying that that's a fight he would really want to have. That's the fight I want, because I want Dustin Poirier. <clears throat> you know, I would think that when you're looking at RDA calling him out, it's at 170. Mm -hmm. You know, It could be 155, but I don't think RDA wants to go back to 155. So Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, what about Ian Machado? Ian Gary. Him and him and him, that'd who? be a fun fight. Against who? Against Poirier? Dustin, yeah. That'd be a fun fight. I mean, he's just not ranked high enough, but I mean, he's got a mouth on him. He's become the villain these days, you know, and Dustin's very soft-spoken and goes out there and gets it done with his fist. I mean, it'd be a fun fight. Yeah. Physical size, though, might go to go to Ian Gary. He seems tall. He's got a big body frame for the weight. But, he's got a big body <clears> frame. You know? At least if you're fighting Dos Anjos, you know you're fighting a guy that's closer to your size. Yeah. You know, a guy that fought at 155 for a long time. 
Yeah, I get it, but nah. I mean, Gilbert Burns would be a fun fight too. Stuff to take down. Try to keep it on the feet. <clears throat> Gilbert's fast. He's got uh, he's got good hands. You know, um, that'd be kind of a fun fight. Gilbert would bite down on his mouthpiece. I, I don't see him fighting Colby Covington. I, him fighting Kamaru Usman. I don't, I don't see that happening. <clears throat> Josh, you don't see a potential between Poirier and Colby? No. You don't think with the bad blood there no. that that fight is like more I likely see than it. any? I don't see it happening anytime soon. Colby's going to fight for the title next. And then by the time that fight gets done, it'll be another year. I don't see it happening. That, ma- that makes it way more enticing for Poirier to go up though, right? If, if Colby wins the title, yeah. If, of course, yes. Of course, of course. Well, first off, if Colby wins the title, Dustin's not going to get that shot. Yeah, it's coming off of a They're loss. not going to take a guy who's ranked third in, in the lightweights and not ranked at all in the 170s and put him into a title yeah. fight. <clears throat> so that's not happening. I don't know. We've seen, we've seen stranger things happen, though, John. You know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not a, not, that's not happening. Yeah. Call, call that one out. <laughs> All right, next. All right. In the spirit of uh, dream face or potential face or calling people out, Masvidal says he would like, or no, he thinks Gaethje. that Gaethje should defend the BMF title against uh, against Masvidal. Hmm. So Masvidal saying, defend that defend that BMF belt against me. Uh, and I think he's half serious. And in, in, in the quote, he says, um, I think he should defend it against me at 70. Uh, that is what should happen if it was, if I was to come back to the sport. That's a big if. That's something in the future. I never knock coming off, uh, coming back to fighting because I love fighting. So kind of you know I, th- I think half serious there. Hmm. It would be a fun fight. <clears throat> I just don't. There's no reason. Gaethje's one one step away from another title shot. <clears throat> Gaethje's sitting at number two. <clears throat> okay, he's got Charles Oliveira in front of him, and then the champ. Why would he? Why would he take someone on at one seventy? He's never fought at one seventy. Mm-hmm. That's not his weight class. He fights at one fifty five. He's comfortable. Look, and, and Justin Gaethje's not a small. No, he's not. He's a big fifty five. So he could definitely do it. You know, he could go up to one seventy. But I think wasn't the, wasn't the point of the whole thing with you know Justin against Dustin was the. Masvidal was handing off the BMF title now, and it's gone. Yeah. It's like, it's gone. Stop. You're retired. There's no reason. I, I, you're always going to have that itch to come back. And, and I love Masvidal, but I just don't see this happening. I mean, if I'm, if I'm Justin, <clears throat> what I'm doing is I'm waiting for him. I, after I get my next title shot, I would probably do one last fight with for the BMF to uh, – Against against Masvidal, that'd be a money fight. Say my say my goodbyes. Like my retirement fight would be to to fight, and then that gives Masvidal time to get even more fat, you know, and be out of the sport, <laughs> be out of the sport a little bit longer while Justin's been training for title shots, <clears throat> you know. So fights fights for the title. If he comes up short, you know, then what he does is then he he calls out Masvidal and says, "Okay, let's go ahead, let's do this BMF fight, put you right back into the mix." Talk, buzz around your name again, and then say farewell. You know, after that fight, you got two money fights back to back. You got the title shot, then you get the, uh, then you got. What if you win the title? Then no, then there's no reason to fight him. Yeah, there's more and more money, a lot more money. I wonder if they're giving him an upgrade on the BMF belt like you would in the in the regular title. Not as much probably, but there's got to be something. 
as ours is it just Maybe the belt. For fight for that fight. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go buy myself a BMF belt. <laughs> 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 Throw it up right behind me. All right, guys. Uh, what else you got for us, Dave? Um, look at this one right here. Paige Van Zandt reveals that her first day in OnlyFans was more profitable than her entire MMA career. Yeah. Um, and she was, you know, she was asked about the OnlyFans thing, and she said it's hard to walk away when you're when it's that kind of money. Um, so I figured in the spirit of OnlyFans weighing in and Paige Van Zandt's comments, I get your reaction to this. I no, I I know I know what she signed for when she came over from what's the name of Mikey Ice's uh uh company ah i don't it's know. it's very it's pretty much exactly what OnlyFans is um and she had left that company and came over to OnlyFans they signed her to a lucrative deal a very lucrative deal just to sign and then on top of that within in a <clears throat> within her first 48 hours she gave her she 48 30 was it 48 hours she gave away her page for free well, what happens is when you do that, four hundred thousand people went onto her page in the first in the first twenty four hours. Four hundred thousand people. When you enter in, you have to enter in your email. She then took that and she had a clothing line, and then she went and she sent out um, discounts for her clothing line to all those four hundred thousand emails, and a handful of them bought stuff. More than a handful of bought stuff. And that made her a lot of money too. So not only did she get the sign, she got she signed, she made the signing bonus money for signing with OnlyFans. Then she just sold all her merchandise, which is marketing her. And she hasn't put down one one picture or anything on her OnlyFans just yet. Like she, you know what I mean? Like she hasn't done anything for for anyone on OnlyFans. She hasn't she hasn't done in the first 48 hours. She killed it. She killed it. I mean, I know what the numbers are. At least I've been told what the numbers are. And uh, she crushed it. She crushed it. Just insane. Good for her. Look, there's life after fighting. You just got to figure out what your niche is. You know, and uh, and get out there and do it. And I, I like that she does a little bit of stuff, too, with her husband, Austin Vanderford. They do, like, a little cooking show in their aprons with no, with nothing on. It's kind of funny. Um, you know, but it's... And then they're, they're talking about starting a podcast that's only available on their OnlyFans. They're finding ways. They're finding ways to make money and... They don't have to rely on fighting. They don't gotta. They don't have to be sucked into, to the way the sport is. You know, so good for them. Good for them. I think it's good, John. I think it's good. I look. You got it, it's. It's a matter of what's important to you. You know, there's a lot of guys. You know, if you're Austin Vanderford, a lot of guys can't couldn't handle it. You know, he can handle it. She can handle it. Well. If, as long as as long as they're okay with it, I'm okay with it. This is the reason why I feel like they can handle it. They're two peas in a pod. They're fucking nerds. Like they, <laughs> when you nerds. when you get around them, they're like nerds. They're f- so fun they're to fun. be around. Like um, I've been out gambling with uh with Austin and her, and um, you know, even though like they they, they do well, you know, uh, he does well with Bellator his fights, and she does well with OnlyFans and her when she was fighting Bare Knuckle, she got paid a lot. She did really That's well, good. but. Even though when we were out there gambling, it was like they consider themselves like on a budget. Like, hey, no, no, we're just going to spend this much. If we lose it, we lose it. I mean, luckily we won. I mean, we won close to a thousand dollars, both of us. Um, it was, but it was a good, it was a good night of gambling. But we had fun. That's man. why you didn't have to go on OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. You won a thousand. <laughs> we just, we had, a, we had a good time. We had a good time, um, you know, gambling, having a good time. And 
it's just they're good people you know they i think that they 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 stay attached to the hip he's playing video games and she's you know either sitting side by side with him you know just texting away or giving him a hard time or fucking with them so they're fun they're hilarious they like to they like to bust each other's balls it's a fun little thing so um they've got something good and it's good to see it's nice to see because in a day and age when these dumbass fighters are chasing fucking porn stars and supermodels or whatever it is that you know that you know is not going to probably end well uh this guy he's a, he's been able to lock down someone who is uh you know who brings in the revenue and uh is very marketable and knows what she's doing good for her good for her yeah. so all right next all right hold on you know what? i'm gonna say this then because i i was looking i gotta you really gotta give it up because dave brought up last time uh, ronda rousey possibly coming back to the ufc shab came out saying look it she was offered more money than God, hmm. you know, and turned it down and stuff. But I don't know if you've, you ever, if you follow up since I have a farm, I follow browsy acres with Travis mm -hmm. and Travis has turned himself into a farmer. <sighs> he's at the farmer's market selling his, he's got Wagyu beef and all the stuff. And, uh, he's, he's doing good. And, and, and this is what, what I'm trying to compare is they're doing it in different ways, but ex fighters fighting is something that, you know what? They are passionate about, and I love what uh, Rhonda and Travis are doing. So I just want to say congratulations to your success with Browsy. You guys are doing great. Good stuff. All right, what else for us, Dave? All right, I think since we have a little bit of time, I just want to throw this one off you. This might fall flat, but I'm kind of just uh, winging it here. Uh-oh. Um, but I, I, was on, I was on X the other day, and, and Anik had posted a poll. I think it was last night. Anik had posted a poll, John Anik. And he was asking about, um, and Ghanu had realized, uh, sorry, Ghan had realized his dream as uh, becoming the interim champion, but who would be the first French-born undisputed champion? And, um, and you know, just the whole thing around the interim title, why are we not just calling these people a champion? I know undisputed and interim have different meanings, and I do understand all of that, but when it's when they win the title, are we not just calling them the champion? Like, aren't we at a point where we're just calling that you were a world champion? No, and why not. are we not? And why are we not? If that's the case, the truth is they're not. Unfortunately, but, yeah. there's somebody else that is sitting there in that space that they did not beat. Now, you know, when you sit there and you talk about the belt, and we and the the UFC does it all the time. You know, Bellator has done it. You know, they didn't do it very often. And then all of a sudden they started doing it a little bit. This interim title is because you'll have a fighter who is the champion. They get hurt and they're not going to be there for a while. So, you know what? We don't want to have the division stall out. You have like, you know, when Josh is talking about, hey, you know, Pavlich should just sit there. Don't don't take another fight right now. Uh, all of that is based upon, well, you you only get so many chances and you're taking a chance of losing which will take you out of that title picture mm -hmm. okay and so it's understandable why josh you know says you know just sit there so a lot of guys are going to sit instead of fight so the ufc will bring in all right we're going to do an interim title so that way they can bring two good fighters together it's for a title but it's really not the title yeah. it's a title it's kind of like the bmf thing when you're looking at the interim title 
That person's not the champ. Mm -hmm. you, you can sit there and say whatever you want. When they put interim champion in front of it, it means nothing. So when you sit there and you say, you know, oh, we have a title fight between the undisputed champion, you know, whoever you want to pick, we'll say John Jones, right? John Jones is the undisputed heavyweight champion of the UFC. And we'll say that Cyril Gaon has won a interim belt between Gaon and Spivak. So Gaon has now got the interim belt. When Gaon walks into that cage, he's not the interim champion. There is no interim champion. That's, that shit goes away. It's not like John can win the interim champion. The only one that can win a title is Gaon. John is defending his title, but Gaon can win the undisputed title. It's not like John Jones can win the interim title. It's not there. It, it means nothing. It's we, we, We've given it too much life when, honestly, it's a promotional tool to try to keep a division going. So, yeah, no, what I it is... I don't hear Josh's thoughts. Let me, let, maybe... So what it is, like, you have a, you have someone who's obviously the champion. Normally, is when you bring in an interim, it's because the other person's sitting out. So that guy's... He's the real champ. He or she. Then the person that comes in, that, be, that wins the interim title, it's a placeholder. It's a placeholder to guarantee that that person is next in line for a title shot. It makes it easier for when that champ is not going to fight or he's injured or he does he wants to hold out for more money, whatever it is, is it gives it gives whoever is going to be fighting like, hey, I'm the interim champ, which means I'm guaranteed my title shot as long as I keep the interim title. That lets him know, because like, otherwise you're just floating around. And then the fighters down below are like, look, if the fucking real title is not going to happen, then what the fuck am I fighting for? They start getting frustrated. You, you finally got to the top and this shit's happening. So then they put the interim title there to keep those fighters as a placeholder. Also, too, to keep them motivated. Look, I'm defending this belt. I'm the champ. You know, like it get, makes them feel like they're the champ, but it keeps them motivated to defend that, that, that scrap metal. You know, it makes them feel, it makes them feel motivated. And I think that's, that's a, it's a good ploy. As simple as it gets. Do you remember when Justin Gaethje fought Tony Ferguson, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And Justin beats Tony and they give him the belt. And what did he do with it? He laid it on the ground. Why? Oh, because Habib was real. the champ. Because Habib Nurmagomedov is the champ. This isn't the championship belt. Mm -hmm. He's got the championship belt and that's who I want to fight next. Because I want to beat the champion. And so then, the way it is. so then, don't you look at that whole thing and you say, like, you think, like, well, this is really dumb. Then it's kind of dumb because it really has, it's, it really is just a way for me as the promoter to say, buy my pay per view yes. because it's a title yes. fight. Yes, it is. And so, but it, but it just it hurts the quality and no. the value behind. The casual fan at home doesn't so. realize that though, Dave. Like you, you didn't know what it was. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I know what it, I, I want to be clear. I know what interim title. No, no, is. I get it. I just no. We understand you. Know, we we understand that. But the significance behind it is when you when you first started saying this, you were saying, shouldn't they be recognized? No, no. you're not the fucking champ. You didn't beat the champ. Yeah. The only it, time that you don't have to beat the champ to become the champ is when the champ walks away and vacant. retires. Yeah, when it's a vacant. And it's time. vacant now. Two guys fight for the undisputed. Okay. You're the champ. Yeah, you didn't win it from the champ, but he walked away. This is in these situations, the champ isn't walking away. Mm -hmm. He's there. I get. I'm. I'm getting into like semantics then, right? And I mean, I know I am, but I'm just trying to like play devil's advocate. No, and say, go ahead. You are. Well, I was going to say, 
Right, Tony Ferguson was interim lightweight champion. Tony yeah. Ferguson had the title. Right, when you take undisputed, because you you don't when you look at the when you look on the UFC's website, it doesn't say undisputed lightweight champion. It says lightweight champion. Right, Tony Ferguson had the title of lightweight champion. Right, he just happened to have interim in front of it because that's what the UFC decided to put there. Okay, but hold on, if you look when you see Tony's name, and if if Tony was still the interim champion, he's below who? The champ. He's below the champ. He's not next to. Yeah. He's not right with. He's below. It'll say IC, interim champion, mm-hmm. because he's not the champ. Yeah, he's like the number. Just like what Josh was talking about. You're the number one. You've got the next title shot in line as long as you don't lose if we're going to fight you again because the the real champ is out that long okay but you're not the champ dave it it really is there's two there's two reasons to do it one is to keep the fighters below motivated and two is to sell pay-per-views is to have a a title on the line i mean they did the bmf belt because some of the guys weren't fighting consistently they had the championships you got to fill in those pay-per-views and i got to have something there that's marketable to do it that's what you have so um, for the promotion, it's to make money and for the fighters to keep them motivated. Like, hey, I'm going for this until this whole title shit gets figured out, whether the, t- the fighter's holding out for money or whether he's injured or whatever. You know, just can't do it. Doesn't doesn't matter. Just like it, it keeps that it keeps those fighters below motivated. Like, OK, look, the the weight class is still moving on. I have something to work for. That's the title that I'm looking for right now. Once I get the interim title, I'm guaranteed my title shot when they get their shit worked out. You know, because if you, even when you win the interim title, you're still getting paid. I believe, at least I know that some someone has, they get paid that title money. I am the interim champ. Anytime you put champion around my name in the, in my in my contract, I get paid pay per view points. I get paid bonuses. I get paid all certain stuff for fighting for the title. That's the interim title. It's not because the I'm ready to fight for the real one. You're not. You're, the promotion's not ready to let me fight for the real one, or the fighter's not ready for me to fight for the real one. But I'll fight for this one. I can still get the money. You get that money that's in your contract. So it keeps those fighters motivated and pushing towards their goal. And uh, it doesn't hold up the division. And it makes it easier for the promotion to just use that as their interim title to make money, to sell pay-per-views, to get keep the fans interested. That good enough? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. I, 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 no idea I knew idea. going in that was going to be the position yeah. you held. I kind of knew that was going to be the position mm-hmm. you held. But like when I, you know, I just think that for the for the fighter that is not, there's no, it's more it's more damaging than it is good. Because can you retire on having held an interim championship and and feel that you accomplished everything you set out to do, um, uh, you know, become a world champion? I think some people can. And, some and, fighters can. Yeah. Well, they no, I think so, yeah. I think some fighters can. Some fighters can take that title home and go look. During the time that I was the champion, the the champ, like the champ, uh, wasn't available. The champ wasn't yeah. there. He wasn't there for me to yeah, fight. Yeah, it's like it wasn't up. So it wasn't all I my could fault. do is fight. Every, all I could do is fight yeah. everyone they put in front of me, and I did that. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, I look at like Surogon, right? He was the interim champ until Engano got his thing. You know, until he got his thing figured out what he was going to do. But I look at it. He was. Once Engano walked away, he's not in the sport. He's not in that sport. He's not in that organization anymore. So you, technically, I looked at him as being the champ. I mean, I would I wouldn't be mad. Look, that guy's not even in my promotion anymore. 
So if I, if I was Cyril Gunn, I'd be like, look, I fought for the interim title. I won the interim title. I'm the, I'm the interim champ. I'm the champ. I look at it because Ngannou walked away. He's not even available for me to fight anymore. Now, when he fought John, I know it was an interim title, but I would still hang my head and be like, you know what? The champ wasn't available for me to fight. I fought for the interim title. I beat the best guy they put in front of me at the time. Well, hold on. Hold on. Cyril Gunn won the interim title. Yeah. Then he lost to the undisputed champion in Francis Ngannou. Oh, that's right. I thought, I thought, they, I thought he was the interim champ when he fought uh, John Jones. No. Okay, that's where I was wrong. Okay. Then that when when he fought John Jones, we had a vacant title mm-hmm. because the UFC stripped when they kind of walked away mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you had John Jones against Cyril Gunn for the undisputed heavyweight title based upon it being vacant. Got it. I mean, there's times where I feel like you can be, you could hold your head up high and be like, okay, I, you know, I was the champ, you know, depending on the circumstances with Habib, like he was still coming back to fight. So I can see why Justin did that, you know, but if the fighter ends up walking away as the champ or doing whatever, you know, um, it's tough. Like there's no, the guy wasn't available for me to fight. So what am I going to do? Who knows? All right, guys. Well, hey, that's gonna wrap up. Our, I, go ahead. Do you have something else? No, I was just gonna say. I, I, I think I have an argument there. I would love to hear the fans and the comments, uh, their take on it because I think that I think I've, you'll find people siding with me. No. On this, I think you're gonna find people <laughs> siding with me on it. Go, I think for sure. What, what are they siding with you on? I, I think the 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 light being called a lightweight champ, an interim lightweight champion, or an undisputed lightweight champion. You are the same. You are in the same position. God, no, you're not no. in the same position. I think you're in the same position. <laughs> You've lost your fucking board. That's, that's because that's because the only people that will agree with you that are like WWE noobs. That's it. Do you remember when they had the? Remember, do you remember when they had the? It was the you were the the ultimate. You were the heavyweight champion, right, for the WWF and WWE. But then they had mm-hmm. the intercontinental champion or whatever it was for the smaller guys, yep. like Macho Man Randy Savage. Like if it was the smaller guys, they can never be the world. They can never be the heavyweight champ because they were the smaller ones. That's really what. Yeah, it was. but that was to do. That was to do with like your cut the coverage of like you're the intercontinental. So like you're the uh, you're not the world champion, but like you're the champion of like. Uh, well, of, like what, what's intercontinental? Yeah, I know, I know. I get you. <laughs> another made up, another made up title like the the interim title. I know, I know. I know. He's right there, Dave. Dave's going. I know. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Hit the little bell. Get notifications. We drop our shows randomly here and there. And uh, every once in a while, I'll throw out a punk's opinion. And every once in a while, Big John will do something. A little story time. Something. A little something. We've got to yeah. do something with John here soon. Hey, and then I also go to WayneInMerch.com. WayneInMerch.com. And uh, pick up some of our apparel. It is going to be sweater season real soon. we got the hoodies up. Hoodies are up, my man. And uh, I'm looking forward to wrapping one around my my big fat body. I'm getting fat, John. I'm getting fat. Well, you're called the pork. The porker. The pork Thompson. <laughs> All right, John, take us away. Hey, for everyone out there, hope you enjoyed. We will see you soon. Later. <laughs>